This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Next Stop Mississippi. I'm Mary Margaret Miller, here today with Kamel King. And as we do every Friday, we'll be traveling across the state to let you know about the people, places, and events that make Mississippi great. On today's show, we'll start our trip in Jackson for the Mississippi Blues Marathon, and then we'll learn more about the Mississippi Jewish Film Festival. Next, we're on to Oxford for the Small Hall Songwriter Festival, and we'll end our show with Grammy-nominated Mississippi Blues guitarist R.L. Boyce. So hold on tight because we're going for a ride here on Next Stop Mississippi. We'll be right back after the news. Support for NPR comes from Cancer Treatment Centers of America, working to outsmart cancer through the use of genomic testing to profile each individual's cancer and reveal possible treatment options. Learn more about precision cancer treatments at CancerCenter.com and the Annie E. Casey Foundation. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Mary Margaret Miller with MississippiToday.org, here with the great Kamel King of Visit Mississippi. We're really excited to be sharing another great Mississippi road trip with you today here on yes. MPB. Kamel, great to see you on another brisk morning. I know, right? I feel like a bear out of hibernation with all of this snow. I mean, am I supposed to be outside? Am I supposed to be inside? My body doesn't know what to do. I know. Nobody knows what to do. Everybody's upside down. We were uh, discussing before the show about uh, school schedules being upside down and everybody's kind of going crazy. I saw a post on Instagram this morning where... Uh, a wine store was offering 10% off to all mothers stuck at home with their children. I thought that was pretty clever. Smart marketing. Yeah, smart marketing for sure. Well, we've got a great show for our listeners today. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in and joining us here for Next Stop Mississippi. It's your go-to for all things fun and funky in the great state. Now, we want to hear about what's happening in your hometown. Uh, so give us a call. It's one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven. Now, there's a lot of really fun stuff happening in Jackson, where uh, Kamel and I live and where we're recording live here this morning, uh, happening this weekend. Really exciting stuff. One thing I just got to get out there because I'm jumping up and down on the inside is uh, Rita B. Comedy live this Saturday night at the Alamo Theater. Yes, clap, clap. Bravo, bravo. Uh, Our girl. As you may remember, all of our listeners remember Sharita Brent, a great uh, MPB host of multiple shows. Um, here on MPB Radio is now a um, stand-up comedian, full-time comedian, devoting her uh, artistic craft uh, to the comedy, and she is doing a one-woman show this Saturday at the Alamo Theater. I'm going. I've got a group of about 15 friends gathered. Yeah, we're going to have yeah. dinner, and then we're going to head to the Alamo for the show. Tickets are still on sale, but it's going to be a great night of comedy for one of our great Mississippians on the rise. Oh, man. So proud of her. 
Oh, she's just so talented, and she can do so much. Like, people don't even know. I mean, she's a radio host. She's a host. She's a comedian. She's, she's a, drummer. a drummer. I mean, she she's writes songs. She's a veteran. I mean, man. I know, and she's not even not even 30. I mean, or maybe right. she is 30 now. She's pretty young. So we, we hats off to you, uh, Rita B. We're really excited. And, yeah. um, and then another MPB veteran, um, Jonas, is going to be uh, DJing the show, DJ Joe Nasty, and then Heart Society. One of um, our regular guests here on Next Stop Mississippi uh, will be performing the opening act. So lots of good stuff uh, coming up at the Alamo, historic Alamo on Ferris Street in downtown Jackson. Excellente. Well, we're really pleased to have guests in studio this morning. That's always our favorite thing at Next Stop Mississippi. So here to tell us more about the Mississippi Jewish Film Festival starting next week is Peter Zaplatel and Abram Orlansky. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for having us. Well, we're so glad to have you here. Uh, the Jewish Film Festival has been an ongoing program for many years. So tell us a little bit of the history there. Uh, this is our 16th year. Wow. Uh, and it has uh, gone from showing films in an auditorium at Millsaps, which it was, was fantastic. It was a great venue for us for a long time, to now uh, we have the films at the Malco Grandview Theater in Madison, all five of our films will be at Malco this year for the, uh, I'm not sure, fifth or sixth year in a row at least. And uh, it gives it kind of a, a more professional, I guess, feel. And, a, and a, It's just a lot of fun to be able to go see these films in a, in a real movie theater. And especially since uh, each film that we select for the, the festival tends to be one that that would not normally be shown at the Malco would not normally be shown in Jackson the Jackson area at all so it's it's an opportunity to have a cultural experience both uh for our members of our Jewish community but also to share that with the wider Jackson and Mississippi communities uh and to be able to do it at Malco at such a great venue is 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 a real pleasure Wonderful. Yeah. Now, Jewish Cinema Mississippi is the organization that puts on the festival. Uh, did the cinema come together uh, to put on the festival, or how long has the group been, been together? Well, uh, to select the movies, we have the film selection committee that meets at least once a month, and then they also watch movies at home. So uh, by the time... Uh, we select the movies. We've seen uh, a lot of <laughs> a lot. Give us a number. What you have to sift through? Well, probably around fifteen, I would guess. Awesome. And uh, also, some of the members see different movies, and then they bring it. Uh, they inform the rest of the committee as to. This one we do not need to see. <laughs> <laughs> or this one, absolutely yes. And yeah. uh, what we have learned is that you cannot judge the movie by the trailer. Oh, mm. wow. No. Really? Really. Uh, well, first of all, they put the uh, Like the best, best scenes, scenes, right? <laughs> right. And if the trailer is three minutes long, 
what's left there for the movie. Oh, that's yeah. too funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've learned something today, exactly. right? Don't yeah. judge the movie by the trailer. Well, uh, speaking of the movies, I mean, I take it that you both have an interest in film or you wouldn't spend so much time uh, putting together this great program. You've got five films showing next week, and I did watch the trailers uh, for all of them this morning. So You can trust those judge. Yeah. Right, now I know I'll have to come. We can trust those. Uh, but it's really a variety of, of programming you've got. Like, one of them is like a serious thriller with, with guns and fighting and action, and, uh, you know, others are, are, are more period pieces. Others are have more of a light heart to them, some, some humor and some heart. So uh, is that a conscious decision to have that sort of variety? Uh, absolutely, uh, because we know that our audience is interested in different things, so that's why we select uh, different movies. But this year, it's kind of an interesting situation that we have three opening movies that are not connected in any way, but together they make a trilogy. Oh, really? Tell yes. us which ones those well, are. The Rip Hagen, it shows you how, uh, what was happening during the war. And you see it there, and it's a very, very, very strong movie. Mm-hmm. Then the following that is 1945, that brings us uh, to a, a time period that is right after the war, and how the village in Hungary was affected, how the people there behaved during the uh, war, and now they have to deal with it. Well, yeah. and it looks yeah. beautifully shot. It's it's oh. really a, a a film a film buff sort of film. It's yes. a cinematography <laughs> and black and white. It's gorgeous. Yes, uh, to me, from the first moment I watched it, uh, I felt like. I am watching High Noon. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The pacing. It's so true. Yeah, it's like a Western. Just amazing. And then the third one is uh, the testament that happens after the war when as uh, somebody who is interested, a historian, is looking into what happened in a certain uh, village in, uh, I think, in Poland, and uh, he has to deal with uh, trying to find a place where uh, the murders took place, but he can't. He has a hard time finding it and getting the permission to dig there. Mm -hmm. But then there is also a private side that he discovers during the uh, story, and that's quite an interesting... uh, dilemma, really, because it touches upon some things that uh, in uh, Jewish uh, orthodoxy uh, would kind of raise questions. So we are still, I'm still waiting to talk to Rabbi. Wow. <laughs> well, and and the, the last film you mentioned, The Testament, it's it's set in modern times. So you've Correct. got a, a war movie, a post-war movie, and then this story mm-hmm. about modern times and how um, the Holocaust, World War II, still really influences and, and affects people's present lives. And uh, what a, a great thing to bring back, to, I guess, to your congregation, mm-hmm. to your community, to continue conversation. Well, and then, uh, of course, uh, there is a famous play that goes back 
2000s years, the uh, Lysistrata. I wasn't familiar with that. <laughs> well, uh, based on that, there is a newer Israeli movie, uh, The Woman's Balcony. Okay, Lysistrata, Woman's Balcony. <laughs> you put it together. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and well, and the final film, and I've <clears throat> since last year I've been um, giving, uh, putting a, uh, getting in Peter's ear about hopefully getting this movie on, and luckily the film selection committee liked it because my, my role has nothing to do with selecting the films, um, but it's so rare at a Jewish film festival that you get a sports themed movie. You know, it's just, it's very. Mm-hmm. I think I think maybe we've had one that was tangentially related to, to sports in our 16 year history. So this one is a documentary um, about the Maccabi Tel Aviv basketball team, which, <clears throat> for basketball nerds that follow European basketball, now know Maccabi Tel Aviv as one of the top teams in Europe year in year out. Um, certainly Israel's best team every year, but. Uh, they they were an unknown in the late 70s and had uh, a number of of American uh, expat players and, and a couple of whom were Jewish and, and then they also had obviously some Israeli players and they kind of came out of nowhere to win the European Championship uh, and so this is a, a, a film that puts that accomplishment in context in terms of the um, the geopolitical situation at the time that was affecting Israel but also. Uh, just sort of, it's it's a it's a great sort of sports story that uh, that we get to tell this year for our closing film Sunday at uh, Sunday the twenty eighth at two o'clock. The rest of the films, by the way, wh- while we're on that topic, I want to make sure everybody knows when they're showing. Yes, thank you. Um, <clears throat> uh, we have a film at seven p.m. every night, uh, starting Tuesday. Wednesday and Thursday of next week, the 23rd, 24th, and 25th. There is no film on the 26th, Friday night. And then Saturday night, the 27th, is The Women's Balcony at uh, 7 o'clock. And then the final film is 2 o'clock Sunday, the 28th, with On the Map, uh, which is the, uh, I don't think I mentioned the title, but On the Map is the, is the name of the film about the Maccabi Tel Aviv basketball team. Well, a, a great collection of films, and uh, and you know, I know that uh, Jewish film festivals, Jewish cinema festivals, are are a, a national, international thing. So, thanks to you both for making yes, sure that Mississippi, um, you know, has a voice in that conversation, has a place in that, and really do appreciate that. So, uh, for our listeners who might just be tuning in late, tell people where they can go to learn more about next week's festival and how to get involved. Sure. So uh, the. Website is jewishcinemams.com, and we have uh, the ability to purchase tickets online. And if you do purchase tickets online, then you'll just get a receipt, and you can pick up your ticket at the, uh, at the theater. Great. Um, you can also see all five trailers. And if you want to go down the rabbit hole, you can see trailers from the movies we've shown in past years, some of which I think now are available on, on Netflix, actually. So if you really want to... Uh, catch up with what we've shown yeah, in the past. Yeah, kind of binge this weekend in preparation. <clears throat> Absolutely. That's a great idea. Yeah. But um, if you go to JewishCinemaMS.com, you can check out uh, which movie's playing on which date, read brief descriptions of the movies and see the trailers. And then, you know, you can you can show up at the gate uh, and purchase your tickets um, at the Malco Grandview Theater, uh, 7 p.m. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday next week, 2 p.m. Sunday next week, the 28th. And... Um, and tickets are ten dollars. 
you can purchase a festival pass for all five films for $40. So you get kind of one free movie that way if you, if you want to come to all five. And um, please, you know, check at least one of the films out if, if you go look at the trailers. And I think Peter's point about the first three, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night movies being sort of a... Uh, an impromptu trilogy is uh, is is a great point, um, but each movie, as Peter said, stands on its own as well. So if you only have time to come to one, pick one, and, and we'd love to see you at Malco. Well, thank great. you. We've been speaking with Peter Zapletel and Abram Orlansky with Jewish Cinema Mississippi about next week's uh, Mississippi Jewish Film Festival. So make sure to check them out online and, and participate next week. It's time for us to take a break. But when we return, you'll hear more great things happening around the state here on Next Stop Mississippi. Support for MPB comes from Mississippi State University Center for Distance Education, providing online programs and certification at the graduate and undergraduate levels. Distance at State, even there you're here. More information at distance.msstate.edu. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to Next Stop Mississippi. I'm Mary Margaret Miller of MississippiToday.org here with Visit Mississippi's Kamel King. Uh, Before the break, we spoke with um, two gentlemen from the Mississippi Jewish Film Festival happening next week at the Malco in Madison. Uh, Sounds like a lot of fun, some really interesting films. A lot of them are made in Eastern and Central Europe and uh, some made here in the U.S. as well. So a really cool film experience you might not get, um, you know, any other day uh, at the theater. Exactly. I bet the selection process is not easy for them. You know it. You know, we, we had a little aside with Peter Zapletel before he uh, walked out of the studio, and he is a, is a puppeteer, a puppet master, and uh, worked here at MPB for more than 30 years. So Look you just never know who Look you're going to meet. That. Really a lot of fun. Well, uh, time to join, uh, hit the phones and uh, be joined by our friend John Noblin. He is the director of the Mississippi Blues Marathon. John, great to have you. Oh, thank you. Good morning. Good morning to you. Now, really excited that we've got the Mississippi Blues Marathon uh, back in the capital city. Uh, it's a big year for you guys. So tell us a little bit um, about uh, the history of, of this great race. Well, this will be the the, the tenth annual event. Uh, we've 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 just we've we've debated about whether to call this the uh, the tenth annual or the eleventh uh, or the or the eleventh annual or the tenth annual uh, take two uh, after the, <laughs> the cancellation last year because you know as, as you may recall we had a, a sort of an unexpected uh, ice storm uh, the night before the race and ended up having to cancel. But um, but yeah, this goes back uh, eleven years now and. Um, it's grown, grew pretty steadily through last year, and then after the cancellation and then a uh, 
sort of uh, unexpected change of sponsorship uh, that took us a little while to to resolve. Uh, we're back and uh, with a, with a brand new sponsor with Continental on board as the presenting sponsor um, in in sort of in expectation and and then preceding their completion and opening of their big plant um, west of Jackson. That's right. Well, really glad to see Continental jumping in yeah. uh, as a community partner early on in their uh, their life here in Mississippi. And really glad that um, I know that must have been a, a heart wrenching and really tough decision last year uh, to make that call to cancel the race. But I am certain that you kept a lot of injury and a lot of perils out of um, out of exactly. the the runner's way and appreciate that. I know that's not easy, uh, but it's exciting to kind of jump back in, as you said, for this one of a kind race in our capital city. I've run this race twice as a relay. Oh guys. I only did the five mile stretch, but I'm very proud of that. <laughs> um, but it's really cool. You get to see Jackson and your capital city in a way you would never get to see from a car yeah. or, uh, or whatnot. So, and then in addition to that, there's just a lot of fun things happening all around. So John, tell us a little bit of about outside of the race, how people can sort of enjoy and get involved in this blues marathon well there's there's several opportunities the the biggest one and our biggest need is just for folks to come out who who, who, who want to volunteer um particularly on saturday around the course we're we're uh we're kind of known i guess even nationally for for our our great volunteers if you if you go online and read some of the reviews and, and and comments people have posted either on our facebook page or on various various um running blogs and things like that one of the thing things that's always uh mentioned is how great our volunteers are and it takes about 800 volunteers to get the whole thing wow. together from you know when we start setting up wednesday night until you know we finally you know clean up the last bit on saturday afternoon but the biggest need is around the course for course marshals, um, because those are the folks that that really kind of make the set the tone for the race. They see the runners face to face, and they cheer them and encourage them, and they help with, you know, directing the runners and, and light light traffic control and um, in the you know in the residential areas. Um, so that's one opportunity. Uh, other things, you know, there's music all around the course at various points, and those are all listed on our website. Uh, there'll be live music stages. I think there are what well, to include the, the the sonic boom uh, on when we go through the the first mile when we go through the JSU campus. Uh, I believe there are nine live music locations around the course, and then live music, uh, live blues all day long at the at the finish line at the uh, art garden at the Museum of Art. Well, the music is definitely a unique part of the uh, marathon, and you know there are a lot of marathons throughout the the United States, but the Mississippi Blues Marathon is something special. And Mayor Margaret and I both uh, have worked, and I still work in tourism, and we know what it does for the bottom line for the capital city as well as the state of Mississippi as a whole. Uh, but John, tell us what about the spirit of the Blues Marathon uh, brings so many people into the state of Mississippi uh, because it is so unique of a marathon? You know, that, that's a good question. And I think if you, if you ask runners while they're here, you'd probably get, you know, just about as many different answers as you did as you, as the people you asked. But, you know, I think the, the blues heritage, certainly from, from outside the South and outside the country, uh, the, the blues theme of the event attracts a lot of attention. Um, 
and then you've got you've got folks who who want to come in and do there's a there's a big there's a there's a big thing now with among the, the marathon world for this um 50 state accomplishment uh, to run a marathon in every state and uh so w- without a lot of marathons in mississippi uh and ours being the largest it would certainly attract a lot of attention that way um but the it's just it, it's really kind of it, it, hard, it, it's hard to, to for me to put my finger on exactly what it is that has kind of given the, the spirit of the event. I mean, I think it's a combination of the way it's been accepted and sort of embraced in in the community, both in Jackson and and around the state, uh, from from the support side, and then just a lot of grassroots uh, interest and 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 marketing and and uh, discussion on the runner side about just various things that they enjoy, whether it's a, a neat finisher's medal or all the music or the food or, you know, their 50 state quest or whatever. I think there, there are a number of different reasons that it's, that it's sort of uh, become what it is. Well, and an incredible impact on Mississippi and Jackson, uh, the greater Jackson area, a, a $1 million impact from this race. Uh, those are really great numbers, John. Mm-hmm. And and I think it's important to note that that touches people from the actual blues performers, the artists, the creative Mississippians that we are so proud of, um, all the way to your uh, restaurateurs, your, your hotels, um, you know, cab drivers, uh, Airports, you name it. I mean, it really everybody. touches everybody in exactly. between. Um, you might need to buy some socks while you're here I'm and telling head you, on exactly. over to Fleet Feet, right? <laughs> right. Uh, but that's uh, that's great, and, and we certainly appreciate all of the planning and the time and the volunteer coordination that goes into that. Now, John, is it too late to register for the race? Is the best way to get involved to just come out, volunteer, and hang out and enjoy the the, the runners? Well, no, it actually, did uh, registration is still open if you're if you're a runner, and we've got. We've got, um, let's see, actually five different events going on at the same time. We've got, of course, the marathon, which is, you know, kind of the marquee event. But the, the largest field will be in the half marathon. Uh, we've also got a, a quarter marathon that we added a few years ago that has attracted a lot of attention from folks who maybe don't run quite the mileage, aren't interested in, in getting up into the marathon uh, range, but they want to be part of it. They want to participate. So that, that comes out to be about six and a half miles. And this year we added a 5K, of, uh, again, that is runner and walker friendly. And then, as you well know, the relay is still out there. And it's a it's a, a five-person team to relay the marathon. And you've got uh, four five-mile legs and then a final 10K leg, which is 6.2. And all of those relay handoff points, as you, you probably remember, are um, they're sort of little mini parties every everywhere that there's a that there's a relay exchange around the course and we right now we've got we've got about 140 teams registered um so there's there's each handoff point is also in conjunction with a an aid station you know water stop and medical and a band so you've got little little mini starting and finishing lines uh all around the course where you know folks will gather and draw a lot of attention uh so that's that's I guess five five ways for runners to get involved, and then volunteer registration. Because of the number of volunteers and the variety of assignments, we do online volunteer registration through our website, and you can go on and you can choose your job. Uh, you can you, know, you can pick the, the the task you want to do, the, oh, the shift, the time of day, uh, you know, Thursday through Saturday, um, the the time that you want to work, 
and and you know kind of get your get something dialed in to fit your schedule. That's great. A lot, lots of opportunity to get involved. Well, John Noblin, thanks for being on the show today. John is the director of the Mississippi Blues Marathon 2018 coming up next weekend. Still time to get involved if you're ready to run yeah. and uh, lots of different uh, ways you can run. They the need to move. add the 100 yard run for <laughs> brothers of girth, uh, well, such as myself. It's all out there, all the registration opportunities and music locations and all of that information is on our website at www.msbluesmarathon.com. We've got runners so far from all 50 states registered and seven countries at this point so yes that is awesome thank you john well it's time for us to take a quick break but when we get back we'll continue our road trip to oxford for the small hall songwriter festival don't go far this is next stop mississippi on mpb think radio Education Foundation, committed to helping more Mississippians obtain post-secondary credentials, college certificates, and degrees that lead to employment. More information about Woodward Hines Education Foundation at woodwardhines.org. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Mary Margaret Miller with Mississippi Today, here with my friend Kamel King of Visit Mississippi. We're having a lot of fun, and if you're just tuning in before the break, we spoke with John Noblin about Mississippi Blues Marathon coming up next weekend in Jackson. Make sure to check that out and uh, come out for a good time. Uh, up on the, on the phones right now here to join us, we have Wayne Andrews in Oxford. Wayne's here to tell us about Small Hall Songwriter Festival. Welcome, Wayne. Hey, how are you today? Thanks for having me. We are great. Always good to have you on the show. How are things in Oxford? Are you still iced in? Uh, no, no. Roads are great. People are out, and uh, we're gearing up for a full weekend of, of things already, and and rolling into a Saturday with the kickoff of the Small Hall. Now, tell us more about Small Hall. I'm uh, doing some research on this great new program you've got. Uh, just gets me excited. Nobody loves sort of an intimate, yeah. small venue musical experience like like me and Kamel. Oh, so, man, uh, tell our it. listeners more. Sure, and, um, you know it's uh, what's happening this Saturday is a new twist on something we've been doing for several years. Uh, the Small Hall is. Uh, a historic building on the Oxford Square. It's on the second floor. It's an intimate concert space. We we kind of even politely refer to it as the sit-down shut-up uh, because it is about a 50-minute show, kind of you one-on-one with a performer listening to their music, hearing hearing talks about maybe what their influences are. Kind of, it's, it's an actual exchange between you and the artist. Uh, and it's not a bar. It's not a concert hall. It's like being at, at their home or in their studio with them, uh, really seeing them kind of work through a song, trying something new, or even talking about something that they think is important uh, in their music or influences and kind of playing the music that's important to them. 
Um, so it's a great little experience. And we thought the, you know, we, we run it the first Wednesday of each month. Uh, so you come in, you, you grab a seat. Um, it's, it's inexpensive, and it's designed to really get people connected with the talent we have in our state. Uh, and then we realized that we can only do 12 people a year, so we threw out the idea of doing a songwriter's contest. And we had 77 artists from across the state submit uh, the top Three all get cash prizes with first place also getting booked on Thacker Mountain Radio. Mm-hmm. So we thought this was a great collaboration. They helped us kind of curate the performers they heard. Uh, so it introduced 77 performers to our, you know, another one of our statewide radio shows that highlights what we've got going on. And uh, it's gonna, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> so it was, it was tough to get down to the I was top about to then. say, 77 yes, artists indeed. to call, is that's quite a task. And I'm sure yeah. they were of... All genres and all uh, talent abilities, so that must have been a tall order, but a fun one nonetheless. There are worse things to evaluate than Mississippi musicians. I'm telling you. Uh, So, Wayne, what? I I think you're right, and that's the great thing about something like this is people forget the diversity of music that's reflected um, in our state through our people, through the the cultures that are here. Um, People don't realize, you know, that it. You, you know, if you travel somewhere, people are like, oh, Mississippi and the blues, and you realize we've got, you know, bluegrass and mm-hmm. gospel and country, and you've just got all these influences that intermingle throughout the state and, and give us such a, a rich uh, culture that this was a great place to have everyone kind of come together and show what they're doing and their influences. Well, yeah. Well, tell us how the Songwriter Festival kind of got started and where did you see the need for it, uh, where the festival uh, filled in the void for it to bring songwriters together? Sure. So it's, um, you know, we started the the small hall started several years ago as a a program called Music in the Hall because we realized that our musicians um, did not have quality video and recordings so they could, uh, you know, kind of send it out and you know, get booked and, and, and go on tour and show people what they were doing. So we started uh, a program called Music in the Hall, which was very successful. Um, and then as technology has changed, as you're now able to, you know, take your iPhone and turn it into a movie camera and, and, and stream things out, that we um, kind of dropped that element and focused more on the intimacy uh, you know, connecting directly with the performers. So we've been running the program about five years. Uh, and what we really realized is that we were not reaching the depth of talent from across the state. Uh, we were not connecting the, that talent uh, with other parts of the community, such as Thacker Mountain Radio or the Lyric Theater or uh, even just presenters like the Arts Council or, or tourism offices that put on festivals and looking for great talent that reflect our state. Uh, so we we thought this kind of songwriters thing would bring the, the community of, of songwriters together. They would, you know, kind of network and would also be able to say, hey, here's a great pool of people as we go and talk to uh, other arts councils. They can say, wow, we got 77 great artists we could share with you that are from our state. Let us give you this list. You might want to call on them and feature them at your festival in your town because they reflect our community. Wow, very cool, Wayne. Always doing innovative work, and I so appreciate that. Now, January 20th, this is Saturday tomorrow. Tell us uh, what's going on with this sort of culmination, this big day. So um, the small hall will kick off at 7 o'clock. 
It is located at 1109 Van Buren Avenue. It's right on the historic Oxford Square. Uh, it is on the second story. So uh, if you're walking around, you've got to remember to look up. It's a beautiful <laughs> balcony. Uh, we will be inside, uh, and it's a, a nice historic building from the 1800s. Uh, so 7 o'clock, it is $10. Uh, you come in, you kind of grab your seat. Uh, you get to, the audience gets to also vote. So we've got a uh, judge, it's Trisha Walker from the Delta Music Institute, who's had her own both artistic, very successful career, but now we've also got that academic element of hers too. So you're really getting someone looking at um, you know, the quality and craftsmanship of of the work, not necessarily the performance. We're not looking for someone in kind of the X Factor, America's Got Talent, yeah. mode, a great voice. We're looking for someone that's really doing a great craft, uh, you know, work on, you know, writing of a, of a song. So she's going to help us with that. But as an audience member, you're going to get a ballot, and you get to pick the song that resonates with you. Uh, and we've got a cash prize just for that alone. And how many performers will be part of tomorrow's uh, uh, showcase listening room? Sure. We've got uh, 10 performers uh, covering uh, the entire state. Uh and then we will have a little break, and then Trisha's going to give us a little showcase also. So, Oh, wow. Oh, That's man. Great. Love her. So, yeah, so we, uh, I, I guess everyone gets to then, all, all the ten get to judge her favorite song uh, you know, <laughs> after she's picked theirs. Um, but it really, we really hope this is going to be uh, that listening room kind of feel of, of not necessarily competition, but people coming together that, that, ha- that, that have this ability, this skill, uh, that, that are bringing their perspective, uh, uh, you know, and influences, and sharing their great work, and and kind of in, in that almost writers in the round of like, I think this is my really best work, and hearing other songwriters go, oh, I really love that, you know, that was interesting, or oh, I'm doing this, and they, it, it will start seeing that cross pollination that mm-hmm. Mississippi is so known for of, of types and styles, and I hope we walk away with this event with a. Uh, just really having the nucleus of artists that go, we need to work together. We need to bring more artists and swap. And we need, I need you to come to my community. You're doing good work. Uh, and really encourage our artists to champion each other because it's success for them. Well, there is nothing more special than putting a bunch of creatives in the in a room in the great environment, you know, a great spirit, and everybody sharing and coalescing their thoughts together. I mean, magic comes out of that. Yeah, I, the opportunity I think everyone has to hear great music at a very reasonable price. That's the other great thing. And then, of course, you'll be on the Oxford Square. So after you hear this wonderful music, you can go and experience, you know, one of our wonderful venues like the Lyric or Proud Larry's. Or you could just go have great food from, you know, James Beard level chefs that are all over the square. Well, it's certainly a reason to get out, mm-hmm. and I know everyone's ready for a night out after a week in, yeah. so to speak. So, uh, Wayne, thanks again for your good work. Uh, we've been learning more about Small Hall Songwriter Festival taking place tomorrow, Saturday, January 20th at 7 p.m. at 1109 Van Buren Avenue. Look up because the venue's upstairs. Well, now it's time for our final break, but when we return, we'll be here with our music segment featuring Grammy-nominated blues guitarist R.L. Boyce. Don't go anywhere. You do not want to miss what's coming up on Next Stop Mississippi.
Support for MPB comes from Trustmark, featuring Trustmark Deposit Express, ATMs for business and personal banking. No deposit slips, no envelopes, no waiting. Most deposits made by 9 p.m. weekdays credited that day. Details at Trustmark.com, member FDIC. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Mary Margaret Miller with Mississippi Today, here with my friend Kamel King of Visit Mississippi. We've had a great show today. We've been talking about Jewish film in Mississippi. We've been talking about marathon running in Mississippi. Yeah. We've been talking about songwriting in Mississippi. Yeah. And this is like a cocktail party where I'm we're just like you, right? running the gamut of conversation. <laughs> You're not sure how one conversation led to the next but thing you're talking about. They do. They really do. Mm-hmm. Well, Kamel, you've got a big weekend coming up this weekend, I believe. So tell me a little bit about how you're going to spend your Sunday. I shall be traveling to Cleveland, Mississippi, uh, to the Mississippi Night at the Mississippi Grammy Museum. Ooh, oh, man. Can't wait to go. It is always awesome. Uh, Usually the Mississippi night happens at the L.A. Grammy Museum, but because it is moved, the Grammys have moved to New York, uh, we will be celebrating at the Our Grammy Museum, which is totally awesome. Very cool. Yes, indeed. That will be this Sunday at 6 p.m. Uh, we're going to have uh, Luther Dickinson of the North Mississippi All-Stars uh, performing, the Como Sisters, uh, Sade Thomas, and also the Grammy-nominated 2018. Uh, in the traditional blues album of the year, uh, Grammy nominee R.L. Boyce. Wow. So that Y'all are be... having a Hill Country Festival oh, man, over it's at the be Grammy Hill Museum. Country going on. Wow. That sounds like a lot of fun. I mean, getting uh, that many artists who are truly like recording music right now, putting yeah. music out right now. Come on, Mamas have a new album. Luther yeah. Dickinson uh, helped produce this R.L. Boyce album that's up for the Grammy this year. Exactly. Sade uh, Thomas is been nominated for Grammys. She's just, I think, maybe the coolest person in the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, so really great, great group of folks. I know you're going to have a good time uh, mingling and enjoying the music and being in that wonderful space. Well, I'll be working, but I'll be enjoying it. Uh, but please, I think tickets are still available. Oh, great. Yeah, definitely go to the uh, Mississippi Grammy Museum website uh, and check that out. But, uh, it, you know, you can come, enjoy the show. You can enjoy uh, food and libations. It's going to be just a great time uh, right here in the state of Mississippi uh, celebrating our nominees and our award winners. Wonderful. Well, it's so exciting to have another really strong candidate in the traditional blues category for the Grammys from Mississippi. Aural Boyce uh, put out, I think, his first album a couple of years ago. He's now 62 and has got this album, Roll and Tumble, that's getting a ton of great press. And yeah. uh, and it was all, this is really cool, a little side note about this album. It was all recorded on first takes. What? Yes. That is nuts. Now, you're a studio guy, so I think yeah. you can really appreciate that. Um, so very cool. Some of it was recorded literally on his front porch in Como, Mississippi, which is a really cool town, a, a sweet little town. And uh, I, I listened to part of the album this morning, and I think I'll listen to the rest of it this afternoon. Uh, but yeah. a, a great a great occasion to celebrate R.L. Boyce. Scott Beretta, of course, with um, 
Highway 61 Radio and also has the column on music, Mississippi Music and the Clarion Ledger, has a couple of great stories about R.L. Boyce that you should check out. And I also encourage folks to check out The Guardian. Uh, they're one of these um, nonpartisan, nonprofit news organizations like ours, Mississippi Today, and they have a wonderful interview with R.L. Boyce uh, from October of 2017. It's easy to find online, so uh, just check out R.L. and The Guardian. Well, I tell you, R.L. is speaks to me his story. Uh, and I think all people should pay attention to this. The man put out his first album when he was 52 years old. Wow. You know, first album, full, full, of course, he was a very accomplished uh, musician and artist, but his first full-length uh, album at 52. And then here we go. He's uh, at 61. He releases his second album, and it has a Grammy nomination. So that just goes to show you do not give up on your dreams. Keep going. Keep pushing. Uh, I mean, because this man is is living the best years of his life, you know, now in his early 60s. Yeah, you know, and people are really celebrating him as sort of a a reigning uh, Hill Country Blues master. He spent uh, half of his life backing on drums Otha Turner, Mm -hmm. Jesse Mayhem Hill. These are monster names in Mississippi blues, uh, the Mississippi blues repertoire. Uh, But now, yeah, he's the front, front guy and so dynamic, really, really magical, a great lyricist. He's got some great rhythm. I, I really enjoy this guy and I wish him all the best. How exciting. He is in the company of the Rolling Stones, y'all, for yeah. this nomination. I mean, that's just too cool. Right. Well, and we want to give a shout out to our listener, Jeffrey Reed, who won tickets to the Grammy uh, performance this Sunday that's right. on our show last week. So again, listeners, thank you for joining in and for playing along. Sometimes there are prizes. Mm-hmm. Now, as I mentioned before, uh, this Saturday I'll spending I'll be spending my evening at the historic Alamo Theater in downtown Jackson on Ferris Street for the Rita B Comedy Show. One woman comedian, uh, one all one woman hour long show with some great music opening up. Can't wait to see what Rita B has in store for us. And as I mentioned, lots of good things happening in the capital city this weekend. I did want to mention uh, the Mississippi Play Series at New Stage Theater in Jackson. It's part of the Eudora wealthy new play series and this weekend they've got a performance on saturday the 20th of glory glory now this is a super cool concept uh conceived by leslie jordan he was uh one of the main actors on will and grace really okay. popular uh larger than life sort of yeah. sort of character uh, but it was also co-written by our own William Dunlap. Uh, William uh, Dunlap, Linda Burgess, and Leslie Jordan. Now, William Dunlap, as you know, is best known for his paintings. He is uh, mm-hmm. the 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 guy who paints the dogs on sort of the bleak landscapes, mm-hmm. but they're just so mesmerizing. If you've ever been in the Mississippi Museum of Art, there's one larger than life on the wall. If you've ever been in the Alluvian Hotel, another larger than life William Dunlap yeah. uh, in the in the uh, foyer there. So very cool to, to kind of see what William Dunlap brings to, uh, to the theater, uh, mm-hmm. brings uh, into uh, this space. So uh, it's, uh, it's a comedy. It's, it's based on the timeless tradition of over-the-top, musically gifted uh, performers that are really kind of going through um, uh, life pre-megachurch. Yep. It's, a, it's sort of an evangelistic scene uh, there at New Stage. Glory, glory this weekend. Uh, check it out. Awesome. I mean, look at look at what Mississippi has going on. A Mississippi Jewish Film Festival. Uh, our own Rita B. having her own show. I mean, this is. I mean, she's performed everywhere, but this is her show, 
and then you know you swing back to the capital city for uh, the Mississippi Blues Marathon. And one thing that we didn't get a chance to mention is that the proceeds go to the Mississippi Blues Commission's uh, Benevolent Fund. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. And that is such a special fund. Uh, that benevolent fund, as you know, which you introduced me to, uh, supports so many musicians in so many different dire strengths. I mean, from their equipment being stolen from them f- to house fires to medical bills uh, to helping even bury uh, some of our blues musicians. Wow. This fund is just so important. And I mean, just, uh, you know, Dr. Edgar Smith, who chairs it up, is just got the biggest heart and he's such a consummate gentleman and so learned but i mean he really fights for the cause uh and he and the rest of the committee really do an awesome job so i mean just a big shout out to the uh blues marathon for linking up with the benevolent fund it really is so important i mean if you're gonna call something a blues marathon and really uh raise it up as your calling card what makes you unique it really says a lot about the organization to turn around and give back um to the artists the musicians the people who have um, put Mississippi on the map for our arts and culture. And, yeah, such a good program. There there are ways for individuals to get involved with that benevolent fund as well. And if you check out the Mississippi Blues Trail online, you can learn more there about how you can get involved and, and give to this fund that, again, helps blues musicians in need. And uh, that's so important um, as we... Uh, you know, just as the world becomes more of a me, me, me place exactly. to kind of sit back and yep. uh, remember your neighbors, remember your your friends. And our artists. Yes, indeed. That's right. And our artists. Well, Kamel, I've had a great time on the show with you today. It's you always too. good to see you here. And we appreciate our listeners for joining us once again. And we want to thank you for traveling with us today and thank all of our guests for joining us this morning. We had John Noblin with the Mississippi Blues Marathon, Peter Zaplatel and Abram Orlansky with Mississippi Jewish Film Festival, Wayne Andrews with the Small Hall Songwriter Festival. Lots of fun here on Next Stop Mississippi. Next Stop is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and was produced by Michelle McAdoo. For Kamel King, I'm Mary Margaret Miller. Southern Remedy for Women is up next, but please join us again next week for another great trip on Next Stop Mississippi, only on MPB Think Radio.